0: Euro 2020-21 on the Soccer Gambling Podcast, simulcasting on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Get started today and you'll get a risk-free bet up to $500. Terms and conditions apply. Get the details at wynnbet.com and download the app today. We're also brought to you by Cause Light. When you're sweating out your bets, remember to take some time to chill and grab the perfect cold refreshment, cause life. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. Use the promo code SGP on your first deposit and receive up to $500 in bonus cash. That's PropSwap.com and the promo code SGP. And finally, we're also brought to you by the SGPN app. Our app is now live in the App Store and the Google Play Store. The SGPN app gives you easy access to all our picks, podcasts, and the exclusive place to enter our contests, including the $1,000 NBA Finals free roll. Just enter SGPN in the App Store or the Google Play Store today. You are listening to your Euro 2020-21 future show here on the Soccer Gambling Podcast, simulcasting on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. You can follow the Soccer Gambling Podcast on Twitter at SGP Soccer that's at SGP Soccer you can also follow the Sports Gambling Podcast Network on Twitter at the SGP Network that's at the SGP Network So we are going to be simulcasting this outright show and all of the group shows this week. They're going to be coming to you every single day, beginning with the outright markets here and then group A tomorrow, group B the day after and so forth. You can get all of my official picks over at my website, Lockbetting.com, where I've delivered my clients 96 months in a row of Transparent Track Profit. And we are going for the 97th month this month. We will not only have official plays and futures for Euro 2021, but we also have the MLB season, the NHL playoffs, the NBA playoffs. We've had a really, really good year in the NBA and two tennis grand slams. We enter the second week of the French Open. And then we have Wimbledon at the end of the month. We also have UFC cards. We also have boxing. We have a big boxing match this weekend with Floyd Mayweather against Logan Paul. So much content, so much money money to be made to make sure you're making it, head over to lockbetting.com and sign up as early as you can. Sign up at the start of the month because I use Patreon. Patreon is a service that allows me to be 100% transparent. However, its billing cycle is a little odd because it bills everyone regardless on the first of every month. So if you sign up on the 15th, the 20th, the 25th, it will still bill you immediately and it will bill you again on the first. So make sure you get the entire month. Get as much as you can from the French Open. Get as much as you can from the NBA playoffs. And make sure you get the futures for this tournament, which begins next Friday, by heading over to LockBetting.com and signing up for all of my official players as we try to break down and analyse this tournament and give you some winning futures plays before a ball is even kicked here on Friday. Moving on to these outright winners markets here, you guys need to know, that when we do the group previews, there's going to be one coming out every single day from tomorrow. So when we look at group A tomorrow, we will be looking at who wins that group. We will be looking at who goes through in that group and what they'll do throughout the tournament. So you can take certain teams to reach a certain stage. You can take certain teams to be eliminated at a certain stage. We could also take certain teams to qualify from the group, win the group, finish bottom of the group. We'll be looking at all of that in the group podcast here, we're mainly focusing on the outright. So you may get some idea in terms of how I think the tournament will play out from the show. But it's more important to listen to the um, the group previews to get stronger leans on as to how I think everything will play out. So looking at the outright winners market here. England are the current favourites here at nine to two. France, the world champions are the second favourites at five to one. Belgium, the number one, number one ranked team in the world are the six to one third favourites here. It's eight to one on Germany. It's eight to one on the current holders of the European cup. It's Portugal. It's eight to one on their rival Spain. It's 10 to one on Italy. It's 10 to one on the Netherlands and it's 28 to one on Croatia. And everybody else here is bigger than that. So why are England the favorites here to win Euro 2021? Well, they have a very, very good squad. They have a lot of depth in that squad. They have the strongest league in the world. A large majority of these players do play in the EPL, give or take one or two. Kieran Tipia, obviously, Kieran Trippia, sorry, obviously plays for Atletico Madrid. And then we have Jadon Sancho, who plays for Borussia Dortmund, although he may be coming to the Premier League this summer. He may be coming, he may be becoming a Manchester United player. So that's why you're looking at uh, England here as the favourite. It's one of the reasons as well. But one of the other reasons, which will be largely overlooked, is where England will be playing their games. Now, England in the group stages get to play every single game at home at Wembley. Now, that is a massive advantage. If England are able to win that group, and according to my calculations, seven points should be enough for England to win this group. I think they can afford a draw in the opening game as long as they beat the Czech Republic and Scotland after that and they achieve a better goal difference than Croatia, they should be able to go on and win this group. And if they do that, they will remain at Wembley because Dublin are no longer hosting a game here. Wembley are now getting a last 16 game. England will get that game here as the group winners and they will only need to leave Wembley. They will only need to leave England and Wembley for one game this entire tournament. If they win their last 16 game where they are likely to have to go and play in Rome and they are likely to be playing against Spain. If they can beat Spain in Rome, they will return again to Wembley in London for another semi-final, and they will get to play the final at home as well. That is the reason and the only reason why England are the favourites, because there is no other reason other than that. Looking at the world rankings here, Belgium are the number one ranked team, France are the world champions who are ranked at number two, and England are the number four ranked team. Portugal, the current holders, are number five and Spain, number six, Italy, number seven, Denmark, number 10, Germany have dropped out to number 12 at the moment. And then you have a few other teams here in the top 20, Switzerland, Croatia, Netherlands, Wales, and Sweden as well. So this is a very, very strong competition. This is way stronger than the Copa America that also takes place this month. You could argue that this is equal almost to the World Cup, because I don't think that we're going to see a big charge in next year's World Cup from the likes of Brazil and Argentina, possibly Brazil, because the weather favours them. But otherwise, I think we could be seeing European teams dominating the World Cup for a while because they do look extensively stronger. This is probably because of the money that goes into the European leagues and of course the Champions League as well. So I have no doubt this is going to be a fantastic competition full of strong teams, but I do doubt that England will win it. I don't have England as my favourites. I understand that they can win every game at Wembley. But their last 16 game here looks tough. If I was England, I would be hoping to get Germany here in the last 16. They are guaranteed one of Germany, France or Portugal. And I think the matchups against France... And Portugal present England and Gareth Southgate with a little bit of a tactical nightmare. So if I was England, I would be hoping for Germany to come out of Group F as the runners-up. And that would be the team that I think England could beat in an attacking shootout. Otherwise, if it comes down to a tactical battle, going up against um, going up against the likes of Portugal and France, I just don't think England will be able to get the job done. It's very interesting to me how attacking England have gone. They have gone for a number of right backs here in this team, but they haven't picked Aaron Wan-Bissaka, who's the best right back defender in the Premier League, maybe even the world. So it's very, very interesting to me how England have gone. They've gone very, very attack minded. I'll be surprised even if they do go with two holding midfielders when they do play their 4-3-3 formation if that's what Gareth Southgate goes for. There is talk of if they don't have Harry Maguire fit in this tournament that they may line up with three at the back initially to give themselves a little bit more protection with some win backs out wide. I think all of this is good and well when you have a group with Croatia, Czech Republic and Scotland in it but when it comes to that last 16 game if I was England as I said as I reiterate I would be looking to dodge the likes of France and Portugal Portugal because tactically, I think these two teams have the ability to stifle England. I think that they will cause a young England team a number of problems on the break. And these are not the teams here that I want to see playing us in the last 16. So there's a very real possibility that England's tournament could end there in the last 16, even though they are the favourites. Some of the teams that are really fancied here are the teams that are getting a lot of home games. On the other side of the draw, you're looking at that advantage being handed to Italy, the Netherlands and Denmark. These are teams that get to play home games. On this side of the draw, it's Germany. So it may surprise People to see Germany as the favourites to win the group of death here, Group F, with Portugal and France in the group, and France being the number one ranked team in the world. But that's because Germany are playing their games in Germany where they should be difficult to beat, despite being the 12th ranked team in in the world with France being number two and Portugal being number four. But Portugal and France, they have an embarrassment of riches. We all know about France's strike force. They have Kylian Mbappe. They've recalled Karim Benzema. They have Anton Griezmann here in midfield. They have Rabiot. They have Angalo Conte. They have Paul Pogba at the back. You're looking at Luka Hernandez. You're looking at Luka Digna, looking at Kim Pembe. You're looking at Varane from Real Madrid. You're looking at Pavard. You're looking at Clement Longley from Barcelona. Hugo Lloris and goal I think would be the only weakness there because he is past his prime but this is a very very strong squad and the same could be said for Portugal. Nobody is really tipping Portugal here to retain this championship. Obviously a lot of people look at the reliance on Ronaldo in past competitions and a lot of people feel that Ronaldo is a little bit past his best but what about the rest of this squad? You're looking at Jota in this team up front as well. You're looking at Bernardo Silva. You're looking at Bruno Fernandes. You're looking at Ruben Diaz from Manchester City, the Premier League player of the season. Rua Patricio in goal is very, very solid. They also have Jal Cancelo from Manchester United as well. Pepe is still playing. That is that Pepe from Real Madrid, now playing for Porto, now 38 years old. He is still A forever constant here in the Portugal defence and uh, he will be playing. Some people will highlight that as a weakness. I think you've seen him play. He hasn't really lost too much of a step and he is still a formidable defender even though he doesn't play for the likes of Real Madrid anymore. Pepe is still good enough here even though he is 38 and has played 113 times here for his country. So for me, I strongly feel that the winner of this tournament could come out of group d germany have the uh, group f sorry germany have the home advantage here in this group but portugal and france i think have the strongest squads and the strongest squad depth they have the ability to defend and they have the ability to score goals if france are the winners of that group they will move on to the other side of the draw so on one side of the draw you're looking at spain England, Germany with a possible uh, Spain versus England or England. Um, Spain versus England or Germany versus Spain quarter final or even Portugal versus Spain quarter final. If Portugal comes second in the group and Germany drop down to third, it's all very very complicated. Uh, for me, I have Denmark on this side using their home advantage to fin- finish as runners up of the group, and I have Holland winning their group despite the fact that De Boer isn't really considered to be a world class manager. I do think De Boer would would find even De Boer would find it difficult to not win Group C here for. Holland with the likes of Austria, North Macedonia and Ukraine in the group. Ukraine are a decent side, but they're a decent side at home. I'm not sure how well they'll travel. And with three games playing being played at Amsterdam, you have to think the Netherlands are a shoe in here. On the other side of the draw, you have, um, I think Croatia is the runners up from England's group, France coming through as the winners of group F, although that's by no means a given if that is the case. And France is the winners and Croatia are the runners up. You are looking at a potential Croatia versus France World Cup final rematch happening at the quarterfinals of the Euros. Also in this side, you have Italy. Italy have been given a very, very good draw. Not only are they at home the entire time, the group looks fairly comfortable for them with Turkey, Switzerland and Wales in their group. If they are able to win that, they will go up against the the runners up of the group. Uh, Where are we here? ...of Group C... ...where they will get the runners-up of Holland's group... ...which is um, Austria, Ukraine or North Macedonia... ...so for me... Italy getting to the quarterfinal stage is a very, very strong play, a very, very strong lean. And uh, whether Italy from, can progress further than that remains to be seen. I think an Italy-Belgium quarterfinal in this tournament is very, very likely. So it's going to be very, very interesting overall. For me, France look unbelievably strong. But um, whether they win the group or not, I don't think it matters. If they get shipped over to the other side, that's very, very bad news for England, because I see it very, very difficult. I see it being very, very difficult for England to win that game. And I see it very difficult for anybody beating this France team over the course of 90 minutes and, uh, or even over the course of 120 minutes with tournament football. They just look very, very well, very well organized. and the Champs team since the last World Cup haven't exactly um, set the world on fire. They haven't been dominating teams when you look at this strike force, you can't just say that Griezmann has been unbelievable or Mbappe has been unbelievable or or Kante is as good for France as he is for his club or Pogba's Pogba's form for France is different than it's been for for Manchester United you can't really say that you can't say that this team have just carried on from where they are at the World Cup but the fact is they're here this is tournament football and these are top top Champions League level players and when you put it together there isn't a better 11 than France so my my main play here coming out of the outright markets would be to look at this group here, Group F, because you can bet on what group the winner will come out of. And I cannot remember a tournament where all the strong teams have all gone into one group. For me, France and Portugal are two of the potential winners here. Outside of that, I would only give a, a real chance to the likes of Belgium and England. But I think England are certainly being a little bit overrated here. I think the players are too young. I think they may have a decent chance here when they get to Courtois um, to to put that together to get a little bit more experience and learn how to play with each other and learn how to turn up for these big games. And I know we're talking about a team that got to the World Cup semi-final but why did they lose that semi-final? It's because the likes of Modric and Rakitic had far more experience than England and know how to play that level of game. And I'm not confident not only that they've gained that experience but in this backline even with or without Maguire. Without Maguire, I definitely don't think they have the chance. And that's a big statement because Harry Maguire has received a lot of criticism for being clumsy, for being slow, uh, for being um, very, very error prone. But that certainly isn't the case. The signing of Harry Maguire has elevated Manchester United statistically from the 13th best defence in the Premier League to the second best defence in the Premier League since they signed him. That is better statistical, statistical data than Virgil van Dijk. So, for those of you that criticise Harry Maguire and think I'm overemphasising his importance here to England and to Manchester United, you need to look at the facts and the stats like I have. So for me, Harry Maguire is massively important. And even if Maguire's not there, uh, is, Maguire is there, sorry, do you trust John Stones? Do you trust these attacking fullbacks to be defensively competent to keep out these top teams in this competition? Do you trust Jordan Pickford as your goalkeeper? Are the holding midfielders good enough? I would be playing Jude Bellingham. I'm worried that um, Jordan Henderson has had far too much time off from injury. And I'm not too sure how useful he'll be here in his tournament. But at the same time, Bellingham's young. He's had one tournament, uh, one season at Dortmund, one season in the Champions League. Is he ready to make a huge impact in this major tournament and win this tournament this summer? I'm not too sure about England here. For me, that would be a fade. As for Belgium... Belgium are an interesting one. Years and years ago, people were talking about this young emerging team, this Belgium, looking at the likes of Hazard and De Bruyne and Romelu Lukaku and the fact they had Vertonghen and uh, Wilder in defence and how good this team looked with Courtois sitting in behind them. Well, these players have got old and they didn't win what they were supposed to win. Eden Hazard is not the pla- is not the same player. His brother is nowhere near where Hazard ever was. I'm talking about Torgan Hazard. Kevin De Bruyne has had multiple injuries over the last few years. Romelu Lukaku, granted, has got better. This defense has not. When you look at the names a few years ago of Vatongan and Wilder, you're looking at solid defenders. When you look at them now, Vatongan was a player that Tottenham let go. And Wilder is basically hanging on to his place at Tottenham, he's susceptible to being replaced... So this team, on paper, doesn't look as strong as it was before. And it wasn't surprise me that um, Roberto Martinez would be talking to clubs, understanding that he's not going to be able to achieve what this team should have achieved, maybe at at the 2016 Euros or maybe at the 2018 World Cup. I said it then and I'll say it now. The 2018 World Cup final wasn't France and Croatia. And you're probably thinking, Billy, what are you talking about? I just Googled it. It was France and Croatia. Well, no, I believe that the winner of the France and Belgium semi-final was guaranteed to win that World Cup final and it didn't matter who came out of the um, the France and uh, sorry the England and Croatia game it didn't matter to me who came out of that game England or Croatia were not going to win this World Cup the winner of the World Cup was going to be the winner of France and Belgium and that turned out to be the case and uh, Croatia were just there to, to be a part of the party to they won their tournament when they beat England but there was no way that they were going to be beating that France team in the World Cup final so I think that was belgium's big opportunity and for me i just don't like belgium here to win this tournament i think that the squad is aging i'm very very concerned about that backline i'm concerned about the effectiveness of hazard i'm even concerned about the the fitness of kevin de bruyne and the influence of de bruyne i also think that they deploy him a little bit too deep so for me i just i just don't have faith i just don't see roberto martinez knowing what he's done in the premier league and knowing him as a manager lifting this big international trophy here with Belgium. I just don't see it happening. They're also one of those teams that don't have the big home advantages here in this tournament. Like an England do, who have the opportunity to play six of their potential seven games in this tournament at home at Wembley. Belgium don't have that. So for me, I don't really put them here in this conversation. So my lock here, if you guys can find it for this um, outright podcast, will be for the winner to come from Group F. That is available here at 13 to 8. Try and track that one down if you can. If not, try and spread out a little bit of money on the likes of France and Portugal. I may even leave out Germany here. If you're doing it that way, I would leave out the Germans. I understand that they are playing their group games at home, and I understand they have the the potential to to take advantage of that by having a strong group face and um, and really turning up on their home pitch. But for me, I just think Germany look too susceptible at the back. Uh, They can score goals, but they concede far too many goals. They also have question marks over their manager this is jockham lowe's final tournament as the germany manager he's been there for an eternity i just think there's far too many question marks over the germans but that's how the the, uh, the bet is laid out here you can bet on the group to win this um, win this championship and for me the winning group will be group f giving us the germans here who play the games at home the world champions france and the defending champions portugal here from this selection As we are doing the outright show here, we're going to move on to the Golden Boot winner. We're also going to look at a few other markets here, like the player of the tournament, the best young player of the tournament, and how many penalty shootouts will take place in this tournament. So plenty still to look at here. We spent a large amount of time on the outright winner of the tournament, but that's, of course, that's because that's very, very important. But as is the Golden Boot, and the Golden Boot, I think, will give you some indication as well as to how far I think teams will go in this tournament. Now, Harry Kane is the favourite here to be the Golden Boot winner in this tournament. He's available at 5-1. to one. That obviously makes sense because it corresponds with England um, playing all of their games at home and being the favourites to win this tournament. For me... I have my doubts as I said I think if England come up against Germany I do fancy England in that game I also fancy England to be able to get the better of Spain on a neutral territory and that would put England in a semi-final at Wembley and if you're looking at England in a semi-final at Wembley that gives Harry Kane five games in his tournament and that does make him a good selection here to oh sorry it gives him six games in his tournament because he'll play in at semi-final as well so therefore that does make him a good selection here to end up being the golden boot winner. But looking at the selections that I prefer, now I'm ruling out Kylian Mbappe, Cristiano Ronaldo, and Karen Benzema here. Um, Ronaldo is at 11 to 1, Benzema 16 to 1, and Kylian Mbappe at 8 to 1. Sorry about the order of that. Um, I'm ruling them out because they are all coming out of a very, very tough group. I'm looking for my group winner to score five or six goals in the group stage and give himself a massive, massive lead. The two players that stand out for me here in this market. As having the possibility of doing that is the second favourite Romelu Lukaku at 8 1. And then we have a huge underdog here at 25 to 1 in Chiro Immobile of Italy. Now, Immobile, as we already spoke about Italy earlier, he's in a group against Turkey. Wales and Switzerland with Italy playing all of their home games here in Rome. And I'm expecting Italy to come out of that group with nine or seven points and winning group A. This then puts them through to the last 16 where they'll be playing the runners up of group C. Now we're predicting the Netherlands to win that group. Therefore, you're looking at Austria, North Macedonia, or the Ukraine coming up against Italy. So that looks like a very, very good run to the quarterfinals where they can potentially play Belgium. Now, this is where Belgium come into the conversation as well. They're in a group against Denmark, Russia and Finland. Now, Denmark may be difficult to overcome because they are playing all of their games at home. I think Belgium would be happy to come away from the Denmark game with a point. But if they can beat Russia... And Finland here noted Russia are one of these teams that will get two home games. There are some groups here where you have two home games. That is apparent here for Russia... Another one I know of is Scotland in the England group where they'll be playing two home games. But if um, Belgium can come out of that group with a couple of wins and the Lukaku firing, they can then go through to their last 16 game where they'll play a third place team prior to moving on to this quarterfinal with Italy, which I would lean towards Belgium winning, then Romelu Lukaku could have a decent run in this tournament. That's why I'm leaning towards Lukaku here at 8-1 to and Immobile at 25-1 to over the big names of your Harry Kane, your Ronaldo's, your Karim Benzema's, or even your Morata's here, or your Thomas Muller's, who are also in this market. Sandwiched in between there for a special mention is Memphis Depay at 16 to 1. Again, Holland have this massively easy group with North Macedonia, Ukraine and Austria. If they come out of that group, they also play a third place team on the 27th of June in their last 16 game. So I expect them to advance from that. And then from there, their last 16 game doesn't look too difficult either because they get a last 16 game against two runners up. And that would be... According to my estimations, Denmark versus Switzerland going up against Holland. So, if Frank de Boer gets this right, Holland could have a very clean route to the semi-finals of this competition. That makes the pie at sixteen to one a massive price to be the top scorer here in this tournament. Moving on to the best young player here in this tournament, there really isn't too much selection now. I tried to look at the criteria. Of uh, what what warrants a young player and what warrants a best tournament player? Because Kylian Mbappe, by definition, would still be a young player, but he isn't available in this market. So it's very very confusing for me. Phil Foden leads the market at seven to two, with Kai Havertz at seven to one, along with Mason Mount at seven to one. Matthias Ligt is available at nine to one. Jao Felix ten to one. Fernand Torres eleven to one. Sancho twelve to one. Bellingham fourteen to one. And Declan Rice sixteen to one. For me, um, I think Kai Havertz here could be the one to take. He's going to be playing nearly all the games for Germany. I think Foden would be a starter for England as well, and he's likely to impress, but I just think that he may have to share the limelight with more players, whereas Kai Havertz I think may be a standout. If Germany are to get out of that group, then I think Kai Havertz will deserve a lot of credit. Another one that stands out for me here is uh, Matthias De Ligt because if Holland are in his semi-finals. It will be down to the fact that they've Defended pretty well, and the lit will be a key player. So he falls into the category of a young player as opposed to a, a player of the tournament player. It's all very confusing, but I think that may be a good play here in this one. Looking at the player of the tournament, this is where you do get Killing Mbappe. He is the eight to one favourite. The Bruiner at 9-1. It's 12-1 Anton Griezmann. It's 14-1, Harry Kane, it's 18-to-1 on Man United's Bruno Fernandez. Foden's also here at 18-1. It's 20-1 on Ronaldo. It's 20 to 1 here on Kante. It's 20 to 1 on Pogba. 20 to 1 on Lukaku. 22 to 1 on Kimmich. Everyone else is bigger than that. I think the market may be correct here. I think this could be another crowning moment for Kylian Mbappe. Uh, Anton Griezmann was the player of the tournament last time out even though France lost that final to Portugal. I think if Mbappe can be involved in a team that, that go far in his tournament and if he's making assists and he's scoring some goals not necessarily winning the golden boot but he's a player, he's the key player in the team that wins this tournament I think there's value on Kylian Mbappe here at 8-1. to one. I think you also have a French player in Griezmann here at Twelve to one, but I think Kylian Mbappe will have more in, more influence. Likewise, I think Ronaldo will be um, would be granted the Player of the Tournament over Bruno Fernandes. I think Bruno Fernandes for Portugal is a little bit lost there on the left hand side. He isn't as influential for Portugal as he is for Manchester United. Maybe this will be his breakout tournament on the international stage. I'm not too sure, but I think Ronaldo will be a safer play there, and he's at a big price, as I said, of twenty to one. The last bet that I picked out here that I wanted to talk about is how many penalty shootouts there will be here in this tournament. I love, love, love the price here of plus money on over two and a half. So the under, over, the over, underline here is set at over two and a half matches or under two and a half matches. Over two and a half matches here is available at six to four. With under two and a half matches available at 8-15. to 15. So you would need three penalty shootouts in this entire tournament to cash that play. Well, we have eight games in the last 16. We have four quarterfinals in the quarterfinal stage. We then have two semifinals and we have a semi-final. So you would need 20% of the games here to go to penalties. But that may sound like a lot. But I'm relatively confident that we'll be able to cash this play because if you're looking at the discrepancies in talent, you're seeing a lot of games here in the last 16 stage where teams may set up not to get beat. If you're looking at teams that came in third place or second against first, and you're coming up against a a, a team like a Belgium or a France or a Germany or, or or an England, you may be looking up to set up defensively. You may be setting up not to get beat. If there's a game, for example, between uh, England and Portugal. I think that may play out to be a pretty cagey game. We saw a friendly game this this weekend where I tipped Spain and Portugal to be a cagey game that went under the total, and that's exactly what it did. It it stayed under the total easily. It was a nil nil game. So I think cagey games may come into play here in the last 16 stage and in the quarterfinal stage, especially when you have discrepancies in quality, you're going to see certain teams putting loads of men behind the ball, trying to force penalty shootouts here from these games. So I think that leaves you a very, very good chance of cashing this bet. I think we will see three penalty shootouts in this tournament and getting this at plus money here, getting this at six to four plus 150, I think is a really, really good bet here. In this tournament. Obviously, it's not going to be a massive one. I'm not making it a lock. As a uh, lock for a reason. But a little half unit here on this one for over two and a half matches to go to penalty shootouts also adds to your excitement here when watching the tournament. And isn't that what gambling is really all about? No, it's not. That's not really what it's all about, especially not over at lockbetting.com where we tout that um we invest in sports, we don't bet in sports. So uh that's certainly not our ethos here. But as a but but sometimes it's fine to have a little bit of fun with a little quarter unit half unit whatever so i do think this is a decent way to to bet your money here over two and a half matches going to penalty shootouts here in the late stages so that's all of the outright markets that I want to cover. As I said, there will be more extensive coverage of every single group. We're looking at each and every team and looking at how far they'll go in a tournament. We'll also be looking at more of their players, who starts, who doesn't start. All of these things will be covered extensively as we cover one of the groups every single day as this tournament begins on Friday can't wait for it to start we love a summer soccer tournament here and uh, this is where I began seven years ago on the sports gambling podcast with the World Cup back in 2014 and seven years later we are here covering Euro 2021 I already gave you my lock here for this show it's the the group to win this tournament I've gone for group F where you have the world champions France you have the current holders Portugal I think they are still the best two squads in tournament. And of course, you have Germany in that group as well. So that is your official lock here at 13 to 8 on this show. That's it for me and your outright show. Good luck with all your bets as always. And thanks for listening.